0: Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Farrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back in to Train, Eat, Repeat. Hope you guys are having a great week. Welcome to, welcome to episode number 67 Woo-hoo. of the Train, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, I'm in. Uh, we really try to hit every single facet of health and make it very easily digestible so that you can take those healthy habits and put them into your own life. And I'm not alone. I do that along with my woohoo, uh, <laughs> not my yoohoo, the delicious, but highly processed chocolate drink, uh, Andrea. Hey,
1: everyone. am
0: <laughs> just going to call you a yahoo from now on. Yahoo. Yoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo.
1: Yoo-hoo.
0: Do you yoohoo? Yoohoo. Uh, anyway, uh, we are a little bit tired, a little bit loopy. Um, we had an intense training session this morning, and I hope that you also got your training session in too, but it was brutal.
1: It was. It was a little brutal. We're, uh, as some of you might remember that we've mentioned before in our previous podcast, that we are training for half marathon and we're trying a new type of program out, and Wednesday's our speed day for mm-hmm. us. And so we have to work on a lot of speed work. And just for some reason, today was just a bit of a struggle. It's, uh, it's, really humid here in Michigan right now. So the air is really thick. So I think it's a little harder to kind of catch your breath. And I think we're just a little tired, but we're here and we're excited to be here.
0: And sort of a, a reminder that not every training session is going to feel good, but the fact that we got it done
1: yeah, feels is good. a good thing, right? Yeah, and now we can good.
0: focus on our recovery. We're actually sipping on some green tea right now, which is perfect for this upcoming up episode uh, that you're listening to right now, because we're going to talk about ways to incorporate foods into your diet to prevent disease and and more importantly, the top three main killers of people worldwide. Um, Because we have all the information, we just need to know how to digest it and we also need to know how to utilize it. Now, if you aren't a new listener and you have not yet gone on and given us a five star or however many stars you want, we want your honest feedback on what you think of this podcast. Please take five minutes, make a five star or you know, whatever you want. At
1: least three. I
0: mean, I, I think, think we're, we're worth <laughs> the three. You know, I think we're worth five. I
1: think so too. Right? Positive I so
0: self-talk. Too. I think we're worth five. <laughs> um, and then write just a little blurb on what you how what you got out of an episode, what what the podcast has done for you, and then obviously sharing is caring. Make sure you tell your friends and family members about the Train Eat Repeat podcast. It can be found on Spotify or on iTunes. Um, and check us out.
1: Yeah, we like we like friends and we all know people that can benefit from some of the topics that we discuss. So you can just go ahead and share that podcast episode with them and that's how we get more awareness out there of what we're talking about.
0: And we're also open to podcast topics as well. We've had numerous people clients, former clients, random strangers, uh, give us ideas of what they want to learn more about Mm -hmm. and then trying to really give it to you guys in a dissected or easy to digest version um, so that way you guys can utilize it.
1: We know there's like a ton of information out there, guys, and a lot of it can be overwhelming. So we like to do that research for you and then take the nooks and crannies and the factoids that we think are going to be beneficial and then deliver them to you.
0: Which is exactly why we felt it was important to talk about today's topic, because if you don't know, Andrea and I, for the most part, I would say that at the around average age of the individual that we work with is in their like 50s, 60s, somewhere in there. And so in most cases, uh, they're past their what people would consider their prime, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we're past our 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, we've made it through uh, the majority of our career. Some of them are, are looking towards retirement or have retired. And then you also start to notice an incidence of more aches and pains and more of an awareness of their body doesn't feel the way that it used to.
1: It's so hard for our minds to catch up to our bodies. You know, your mind might still think that you're in your 30s, so you still think you can go out and kill things and crush workouts like you used to. And then you realize that you just need to dial things back just a tiny bit, but you don't have to accept those aches and pains either.
0: Or, or even eating the foods you used mm-hmm. to be able to eat. I haven't even noticed a drastic difference. I'm thirty I'm 35. 35, right? Yeah. 35. I don't know why I'm forgetting my age all of a sudden. Um, Selective memory, that's what that is right there as I get older and closer to 40. Uh, But the thing is, is like I can't eat the same foods I did when I was 18, 19 years old. And not because they're not healthy. It's just my body has a harder time digesting them. And also, too, part of that is I have a greater awareness of what's good and what's not good, right? Like I didn't have the training. I didn't have the real-life experience that I have had over the past 20 some odd years since then uh, to really realize what is good for me. And then what in turn happens is – we go to the doctor when we have an ache or a pain, or we have a we have something going on inside our body. And we don't know the answer, right? And that's one thing that we do advocate is that you do go and get checked out by your doctor because there are numerous tests that they can do, um, and and not being afraid that they might find something, but more so trying to catch something before it gets worse, right? So trying to catch uh, you know pre diabetes, trying to catch heart disease, trying to catch cancer early on. It goes to show across the board, people are living longer now because of the treatments that they have, but more so they have a better ability to treat it and go into remission or or reverse the disease when you catch it early. And, you know, there's just so many statistics out there that are really alarming about how much disease there is in the world.
1: Absolutely. And I also think that A lot of times we think we're predisposed to certain situations uh, because of our genetics or our family history. And so we kind of put up the white flags and surrender and say, well, it's inevitably gonna happen, so just let it happen. But there's so much that we can control specifically with heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. Even if we have predetermined uh, genetics or it's in our family history, There's so many things that you can do today that will prolong those events of taking place.
0: You know, what's interesting before we jump into our first topic of heart disease, which is near and dear to my heart, because heart disease runs in my family, is that not so often do people take the initiative or the proactive action to start to make changes, right? Number one, because change is hard. If you've been doing the same thing for 40 some odd years all of a sudden to say, hey, you're gonna have to make some changes. Now, in my opinion, I would gladly make some changes if that meant I'm not on a bunch of pills, I'm not veteran, I'm not doing doctor visits all the time, I'm not taking insulin shots, right? So it's it's knowing what that trade-off is or that risk and reward. And for me, you know, having witnessed somebody that went through that, and multiple people actually in, in inside of my family to Andrew's point, the things that you do now will translate to better health down the road. It's in the reason why I think that more people don't take the information, which we have all the information out there. It's there for the taking. Like we have more information now and science backed information than we ever had in our lives. Right. And it's easily accessible on all these social media platforms. But the reason why we don't make those changes is because the choices we make today are not realized until 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now because of that instant gratification, right? Like if we want to get healthier and we change one thing inside of our food, we expect to feel that difference immediately within an hour, right? And it just doesn't work that way.
1: And too often it's, you're at a doctor's appointment and the doctor comes in and delivers some terrible news that, you know, either you have heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, a cancerous tumor or pre-diabetic. And that's when we want to start to erase all the things that we've done up until that point. Mm-hmm. And it's not too late to start. I'm not saying if you, if you're in that situation, we there is still hope. There's a lot of hope for you. And there's a lot of things that you can reverse. It's just, we don't, we should not wait for that conversation to happen for us to make a change.
0: Right. So, do being proactive in terms of getting your doctor visits in. Um, I believe it's starting to get your doctor visits in every year after 45, um, unless you have a pre existing condition or you have a certain disease that runs inside of your family if it's more prevalent than others. But go to your doctor. Every year, if you don't have a personal care physician, make sure that you find a good one and one that that aligns with your philosophy around health. That's right? so important. Just like there are bad trainers out there, there are going to be bad doctors out there as well. And and, and bad is a very generalized term. There's a lot more to it, not in, and it's too much to go into um, on this podcast. But again, getting checked up is, is the first step. And the three sort of ones that we really wanted to touch on, there's obviously multiple diseases that are preventable through diet and lifestyle choices, right? Um, you know, just going back to your, your predetermined or you have your, uh, have that uh, possibility of developing the disease. Your lifestyle factors are very much what ends up uh, sort of making, expressing those genes, right? And it makes that possible. But the three major killers are heart disease, Diabetes, which is more prevalent, and not necessarily that people die from diabetes, but complications that happen because you have diabetes, and then cancer. So the first one is heart disease, and it's been the worldwide number one killer um, for the longest time.
1: Mm-hmm. There's uh, one person dies every 36 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease. So that's one in four deaths. Wow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, and cardiovascular disease, can, it, it can mean high blood pressure, high cholesterol. It can mean uh, a, a number of different things. Um, but there's, there's different, there are things that you can do right now to control those symptoms so that they don't express sooner than later.
0: Yeah, I mean Dr. Mark Hyman, who we who we follow quite frequently. um, He's a great follow on Instagram, by the way. puts up tons of great content. More of a he is a family medicine doctor, but more on the holistic side
1: and functional medicine. And functional
0: Mm -hmm. medicine. And you know he he even stated it this way that numerous studies have shown that adhering to four simple behaviors can prevent eighty percent of heart disease. They are not smoking, exercising three and a half hours per week, per week. Okay, I'm not talking about in a day. I'm not talking about the course of two days.
1: That's seven days a week.
0: Right. That's 168 hours. hours. Right. So Do you think
1: we could find 3. three and a half hours?
0: Right. And when we say exercise, in most cases, what they're considering in these studies is 30 minutes of low-intensity cardiovascular work. A brisk walk. Right. Walking that's the it. dog. Mm-hmm. That's it. The other two, eating a healthy diet, which we'll dive into a little bit more because obviously that's up for interpretation, and maintaining healthy weight. And healthy weight is typically, they're looking at uh, BMI standards. So if you were this tall, you should weigh this much. Is it the best standard in terms of of health? Uh, Not necessarily, but it does make it easy to say you're either in the obese category, morbidly obese, or you're in the normal weight range or underweight range, right? Um, But the crazy thing about all this, right? Okay, so those four, again, not smoking, exercising three and a half hours per week, eating a healthy diet, and maintaining a healthy weight.
1: How many? How point? many?
0: How many people in America do you think meet that criteria? In the United States. In the United States, three percent.
1: Three percent, you guys. Three percent of Americans meet the criteria that they work three and a half workout three and a half hours a week. They don't smoke. They eat a healthy diet and they maintain a healthy weight.
0: That's crazy to me.
1: Three percent.
0: and again, <laughs> in, a, in a time where people are living longer, right? And we have all this information to us. We have access, more access than ever. Think about how many different gyms have, have opened up, even mm-hmm. in the last 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, nature trails and going outside and biking. Online programs. Online programs like ours, you know. So there's so many things that you can do and enough information out there to, to sort of push you away from those bad things like smoking. I mean, smoking has been known to to kill people forever.
1: Yeah, we were talking during our, our brainstorm session that we usually have before we get onto our podcast is how there's so much information about how smoking is bad for you. Tobacco is bad for you, but yet there are still people that choose to smoke. And even if you stop today, you can still prevent heart disease going forward from smoking. So even if you stop today, you cut your chances down by half. So even if you've smoked for 30, you know, 20 years, stopping today still has its benefits if you if you stop using tobacco today. So it's it's interesting because we do have this information, but yet like you had mentioned before, we don't see that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that we need to work on.
0: For sure, because I'm sure that if we asked the listeners here and we said, do you want to not just live a long life, but a quality of life, right? Mm -hmm. There's a difference between that. There are individuals that can live into their 90s or 100 years old, but they're being held together with prescription pills and, you know, constant care. And like, is that the lifestyle that you want to live? And in most cases, I'm assuming that you would say no. Uh, you work your butt off the the first half of your life, you know, you're raising children and you're creating a career for yourself. And then when you retire, like majority of our clients are at or near or, or there at retirement age, you know, and you have to be stuck indoors or you can't play with your grandchildren. Like that should be the, the sort of rally cry to say, okay. I'm going to make some sacrifices now so that I can have a better quality of life later.
1: You were telling me a story about a gentleman that uh, had heart disease in his family and he started to working out and eating right.
0: Yeah. So this gentleman, um, he in his 70s, he went in for just a regular old stress test because he had had a family history of heart disease and two of his brothers had had heart attacks that required stints to be put in in their 50s. Um, and when he went to the stress test, they found some abnormalities. So they went in, did an angiogram, which is basically where they inject dye to see if there's any blockages. Well, he had only 20% blood flow in five arteries in his heart. And this gentleman, you know, without going into too many, too many details, was lived a very healthy lifestyle. He exercised, he was strength trained three days a week. He ran two days a week, did yoga, um, you know, ate a relatively healthy diet uh, and otherwise lived a healthy lifestyle. But I think it goes to show that even though he had that predetermined uh, sort of condition, right, his two brothers, more than likely, even though I don't know them, didn't necessarily live the lifestyle that he did. So if you necessarily can't prevent disease from happening sometimes, right, like when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Right. But he, in his case, probably because of the lifestyle choices he made, he was able to elongate that from sort of, rearing its ugly head by 20 years.
1: Yeah, that's huge.
0: Right? That's huge. And, you know, he got his five stints in and now he's healthy as can be, mm-hmm. right? So, yes, we're not saying that everything can be sort of cured through food. But an extra 20 years of health leading up to that point, I mean, once you have a heart attack, damage is done, right? So, there's, it's not like we, I mean, yes, you can, you can make things a little bit better, kind of like quitting smoking, mm-hmm. you know, you have the lungs of a non-smoker after so much time. But, you know, there's just so many reasons why we need to focus, especially on those four things. So let's dive into sort of the healthy diet around heart disease. So first of all, it's, I think for any of these, diabetes, cancer, and um, and heart disease, uh, the big thing, Big Rock is, eating minimally processed foods, Mm -hmm. right? Which we're talking about numerous
1: times. you'll find as we go through the other two topics, a lot of the similar, a lot of the same things come up on how you can prevent all of these diseases Mm -hmm. are the same. It's Mm -hmm. eating a good diet and maintaining a good weight and exercising.
0: Right. And so, you know, if we would dive into, like, the specifics in terms of types of foods, right? So when we say, you know, minimally processed foods, that means you're pretty much shopping the exterior of the grocery store. Yep, the the one area that I would say that you could probably go interior are, like, your beans, your um, nuts. You could also go towards, like, your your whole grains. Yep, your like- grains,
1: your rices, your quinoas, your... Uh- some of your pastas.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then obviously the majority would be your produce. vegetable, your produce. Um, you know, dairy doesn't tend to do very well, um, especially with individuals that are prone to heart disease. Um, the only one that I would say is somewhat okay to have sparingly would be like Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. Um, for the probiotic benefit and also a good protein source as well. Um, Flaxseed is an excellent uh uh, seed that you can put into your oatmeal. You can also put it into your shakes. You can also put it into Greek yogurt and has been shown to decrease high blood pressure, which is again, a marker of heart disease. Um, another one too, we talked about whole grains, um, which is excellent for you. And, and not, and so, so it's one thing to say, okay, these foods, but what am I mixing them in? Right? So you could have a bowl of oatmeal, in the morning, mixed with peanut butter, which is delicious. Um, we usually mix in some scoops of vegan protein powder, mm-hmm. which is also a great source. Even though it is processed, it's something that is so refined and has those extra nutrients that your body requires.
1: And putting chia seeds in there, great omega threes.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if we talk about like what a what a lunch would look like if we wanted to reverse heart disease, huge salad. So goes without saying this is talking about myself this is talking about Andrea who's lacto ovo vegetarian uh, we don't get enough vegetables we do, it's just we just don't
1: we can't you it, the servings of vegetables it's i think 9 servings a day
0: 9 cups yeah nine cups, some nine servings, and I wouldn't even say it's impossible. I mean, it just, it takes a lot of work, right? And if you're the individual that isn't used to eating a lot of vegetables or you don't like a lot of vegetables, right, your palate hasn't been shaped to like a lot of vegetables, but having a giant salad is one of the best ways to knock that out. Um, And more specifically, adding arugula into your salad and beets. Uh, and the reason behind that is, as it pertains to reversing or preventing heart disease, is that it has nitrates in it. And people have heard like, well, nitrates are bad, right? Well, it's all about the delivery vehicle. So we're talking about plants, phytonutrients. So when you put those extra nitrates in there, which beets and arugula have two of the highest sources of it, it helps with nitric oxide production. Nitric oxide helps open up your arteries so that more oxygenated blood can flow through your body. So if I have a blood flow issue, which in most cases is the case with a heart, Mm -hmm. and I'm able to open those up so that I can pump more blood very easily through the body, that's going to be better for me, right? And again, that's not that hard to do and you can still make it tasty. Typically, I'm making my salads with like arugula, you know, mixed greens. I'll throw in some peppers. I'll throw in some garbanzo beans or some rice. So that way I have a little bit of carbohydrates. I'll throw in some avocado. I'll throw in some chicken. I mean, that is a very filling, very satisfying meal. And when you talk about maintaining a healthy weight, something that is filling but relatively low in calories too.
1: And and adding a bunch of different colors of vegetables to your salad works out great because you're getting all those different nutrients and antioxidants from the different colors. So if you're going to add pepper, go with a red, orange, or yellow pepper. Stay away from the green because you got green with the lettuce. So try and make it a rainbow in in the lettuce that you're making. So you got your lettuce, your green, your red with the pepper, maybe some beets for the purple. And adding the different type of lettuces, like the arugula and the mixed greens, will also help getting the different um, antioxidants that you're getting from the different herbs, so to speak, in the lettuce. And so adding those different things will help you making sure that you're not going to have to fill any of those gaps of the the vitamins that you might be missing.
0: So we have breakfast, we have lunch. How about a snack? So... (laughs) I'm a big salty guy. Uh, I have salt cravings. I don't have necessarily sweet cravings. Um, and which typically I would say in the majority would say, what's the salty thing that comes to mind chips, right? Um, heavily processed, usually has some form of plant oil, uh, either canola oil or sunflower oil. Um, And I'm not saying, I'm not being a hypocrite, I do eat chips. Um, But the big thing is, is nuts and seeds have such a huge benefit um, when it comes down to uh, heart healthy, when it comes to uh, cancer uh, uh, prevention. Um, So typically, you know, a couple handfuls,
1: And we're talking not peanuts, like walnuts, pecans, um, Brazilian nuts are huge.
0: Brazil nuts are really Um, good.
1: And then macadamia nuts, you know, cashews, those type of nuts, not not the peanuts.
0: Right. Um, And then hibiscus tea, another great one. And in fact, there was one study um, in Dr. Greger's, uh, Michael Greger's book, How Not to Die. He cited a study where... um, Two cups of strong tea. So that means that they had five tea bags in it, right? So that's a really strong cup of tea. Uh, but just two cups a day, uh, when they paired it, when they put it up against the top uh, prescribed blood reducing medication, it actually did better than the medication. And obviously, drinking too much hibiscus tea there really are no side effects. You would have to try really hard to have too much tea, right? And the same thing with green tea, which we'll talk about in a second as it comes to cancer uh, prevention. Um, you would have to eat, you have to drink like, 80 tea bags in order for it to be bad. So if you're doing that in one day, like there's there's a different discussion that needs to be had.
1: But little tidbit: if you are drinking tea, uh, try to go with the organic tea because there's a lot of pesticides and chemicals um, that are sprayed, similar to coffee as well.
0: And then and then dinner, and this really could be just a recommendation uh, for you know what your plate should look like during any meal. But loading, thinking of it as a 2020 uh 60 sort of breakdown. So 60% of the veggies, all varieties, color it up. Doesn't matter how many make that you the have. showcase. The right.
1: veggies should be the showcase of your dinner.
0: 20% uh meat or your protein of choice. So we're talking like four to six ounces of uh chicken, fish, um, you know, making sure that it's sustainably sourced, trying to limit red meat consumption, um, and obviously processed meat like uh like jelly meat mm-hmm. um is, is terrible for you. It's actually been considered a it's been labeled as a carcinogen. Um so the same issue that happens when you breathe in, you know, smog from a car or you uh you know, or smoking, mm-hmm. that same carcinogen um, is coming into your body as well. And then twenty percent whole grains. So you know your brown rice. You could also, even though it's not a whole grain, you could throw in a sweet potato in there, um, just so that way we have that carbohydrate source. Um, you know, fats, extra virgin olive oil,
1: avocado, avocado.
0: Uh, those are all great sources. So overall, I think the main theme here is is like we've given you an example of what a Dave eating. Relatively would look like if you were somebody that it was either predisposed to develop heart disease, or even if you're somebody that has heart disease currently, there are things that you can do to reverse disease.
1: And managing your stress, I think, is a huge Mm. factor with heart disease. Um, Because along with heart disease comes high blood pressure. And as your stress increases, your blood pressure increases as well. So learning different tactics on how to reduce stress or how to manage stress in your life are huge. And we've discussed that I think till we're blue Mm -hmm. in the face about how it's a a good idea to have a plan and and to manage stress.
0: I I think there's another um, uh, study done and uh, it was quoted by Dr. Mark Hyman that 80% of disease is stress related mm. stress st- of disease and illness is stress related meaning that because they were under so much stress it was and obviously stress can also happen by eating the wrong foods right it's not just the external stressors that you face every single day um but in the it's like the food you eat the processed oils the processed sugar that you're it's putting in your body storm. perfect mm-hmm. storm and that's where illness starts mm-hmm. so not to get too off topic so the next one what do we got
1: diabetes so Diabetes, specifically type 2 diabetes, um, that was something that we typically would call onset adult diabetes. But now it's becoming more common in children and teens because of the obesity factor. And if that doesn't shock you, I I don't know what else can because that to me is something that we can control, um, especially with our kids and our teenagers and learning proper nutrition and proper working out, moving their body is something that they're going to learn from their parents.
0: Well, and here's the thing is that kids want to do what their parents do, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think you and I know enough parents, um, including yourself, that try to show them the way, right? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um, and I, I giggle because my oldest is probably one of the biggest eaters that I know. My youngest will, will dabble and, and eat a lot of the foods that I eat, but my oldest, it's like the five food groups, pizza, chicken nuggets, cheeseburgers, grilled cheeses, and tacos,
0: Right. Oh, even myself is yeah. a good example. I yeah. mean, I really didn't open up my palate until I was like midway through high school, really. Um, but you you very much, your eating habits are going to be shaped by what you did as a child. And good, bad, or indifferent, um, you know, you can change those your palate. You can change the way that you eat. Um, but it's so important because if we now have kids that are pre-diabetic, um, you know, Basically, like at a young age, yeah. what do you think that means for quality of life, you know, for the rest of their life?
1: And, and type two diabetes is is due significantly to the foods that we eat and the lack of movement that we do. Mm-hmm. And and those two things are something that you can control. And we're not talking you have to go out and do speed work like we did this morning. It's just going for a 30 minute brisk walk three times a week.
0: While also pairing that with uh, a healthy, balanced mm-hmm. diet, mm-hmm. very similar in nature to what we just mm-hmm. sort of pointed out—no
1: processed foods. Out. If we just stuck to the perimeter of the of the grocery store, we would see huge changes in diabetes.
0: Right, and also having fiber foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, fiber is excellent at clearing out um, excess glucose. It keeps you regular because um, glucose control is one of the biggest issues. Right, that's why we have diabetes. the The body no longer knows how to process insulin properly, um, which then also adds, uh, inches to your waistline too, when you flood your body with it. Um, cause it's not just a carbohydrate issue. And I think that's the misunderstanding when it comes to diabetes, uh, you can still have, uh, various amounts of carbohydrates. Um, but the big thing is, is, is it's not simply looking at it as, oh, if I cut out carbs and I'll be good, it's more so the processed foods that we're eating that are causing this pandemic or epidemic.
1: Oatmeal is huge, is is a great benefit to those that have diabetes because of the fiber intake as well as the whole grain.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. What are some other foods they could add in?
1: Um, fruits. I know, like you had said, we're, we're scared of the sugary foods when we're diabetic, but fruits have natural sugar. So our body processes it a different way than than the insulin. So fruits, um, specifically berries, berries uh, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, strawberries, blueberries, all have a higher antioxidant level that our body um, is able to process and not process that on an on a insulin level, but. A natural sugar level.
0: Yeah, it's just essentially it's just going to be processed differently. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a sugar cube, (laughs) that's going to spike up Mm -hmm. your your insulin's going to get released because your body says it's getting sugar. Or let's go go if you have a piece
1: of white bread.
0: Yeah, even a better example, right? Um, And go back and listen to uh, Wheat Belly author uh, Dr. William Davis. His big, uh, and this was more around heart disease, but around other diseases like diabetes and cancer, to reduce those is to greatly reduce your consumption of white flour, mm-hmm. um, which would be in like your breads and your pastas and, and things like that. Which is
1: over-processed. Right. And that's, that's, that's where that processed food comes from. So staying away from, like you said, your pastas and your bread, sticking with a whole grain pasta or a, um, a bean pasta or... Um, a grain bread, so to you know, uh-huh. those are much better for you, and that those insulin spikes won't won't spike when you're eating those foods.
0: And they have enough examples on the market right now that you can uh, use in the supermarket. Like there's uh, edamame pasta, there's chickpea pasta, there's
1: lentil pasta,
0: right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's still ways to get what you want because here's the thing: the reason why people are so, uh, I guess they they don't want to make a change they're resistant they're resistant to it is because they fear that they can't have something that tastes good that eating healthy means that you are going to eat, eat bland food right and one of the best examples i won't call it names but one of my clients he we were just having a conversation and and um he was like oh i hate vegan food but, but the reason why he came to that conclusion was because he has uh, a friends that they typically have dinner with with his wife. And they had one experience, bad experience, where it was the food that they cooked and he ate it. Right. And, but that's an understanding of like, there's obviously more to the world of vegan or vegetarian eating or any type of eating than just one bad experience. Um, and I think we can all recall the, the first time we tried something that was completely outside of our comfort zone. It's going to feel weird. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the key to eating healthier is really trying to find recipes that cater to your taste. Mm-hmm. And there's so many resources now. We talked about it's the information age, right? So many good cooks out there that can make something that is good for you actually taste good too. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's uh, so many different ways to replicate your favorite recipes. Like Tyler had mentioned with the pastas, you want to stay with the white, away from the white flour pastas and maybe do the whole wheat or the uh, bonza pasta, the chickpea pasta, those type of things, and still enjoy those foods. You don't have to eat the processed way. There's so many different recipes out there, and it's trial and error. You know, mm-hmm. you might try one recipe and be like, oh, I really wasn't wasn't my cup of tea, but I'm going to try this one because I don't want to give up on it. And just trying different ways and layering different flavors and, and making things taste good. They're palatable.
0: Right. And it will be a little bit of work on your part because yep. it's going to be different. It's going to be new. You're going to have to shop for it. Um, and I think having support, too, is important. So if you're you know, one of our uh, coaching Uh, clients. Uh, Obviously, you have the support of us, but having that support inside of your household too, um, because you very much are, we've talked about this before, you're a byproduct of your environment, right? So trying to reduce or minimize the opportunity that you have to be in an environment that's not conducive to your health is very important.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go, let's uh, go ahead and go into topic number three, or I should say disease number three, which is...
0: cancer. Yeah. Uh, You know, everything that we've touched on, amazingly, whether you're talking about heart disease, diabetes or cancer, every single piece of information that we've given you in terms of tactics to reduce or prevent it is true across the board Mm
1: -hmm. right it's it's a it's it's synonymous i can't say that they
0: all yeah right so like if you're following a healthy diet again you're maintaining good weight
1: and you're exercising you're
0: exercising i would even put in there sleep Mm -hmm. uh sleep is probably the most underrated way to reduce stress levels to ensure that the body is recovering um and again, these are all things that are within your control. But again, it, it's another case where we have so many people that are diagnosed um, with cancer. Now, in terms of what can you do, we talked about green tea. Uh, green tea and actually soy, uh, especially in women, has been shown to prevent or uh, reduce the chances of uh, breast cancer. So, um, And also green tea has been shown to uh uh, reduce prostate cancer as well so there are definitely some good things out there when it comes to food and your ability to uh take advantage of them without feeling like you need to revert wait until you know death comes to your door and says hey you have this
1: so just an interesting little tidbit at least one-third of common cancers are preventable that's yeah. one-third and so if we have a predetermined. Uh, existing, you know, in our family genetics or family history that, you know, so-and-so grandma had breast cancer or grandpa had prostate cancer or, you know, whatever type of cancer it might be, doing minimal changes now will help prolong those genes to come to surface. And like you had mentioned about green tea, there, there was a huge study that we, we looked at for green tea about how it has antioxidants where it can go past that tumor cancer sell and and kind of disperse or turn it off. And uh, like you said, we can't drink enough green tea. You're not going to do mm-hmm. a bad thing by drinking green tea.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we could go more in depth in, in each one of these. Uh, we could probably do a separate podcast on every single one. But I think at the end of the day, you had mentioned when we were doing our brainstorm session uh, and putting things together that what there's two things that, Show up in in terms of things that you can control, um, that were consistent across the board, and those were
1: eating a good diet, yeah, eating a healthy diet, and maintaining your weight,
0: and and yeah, and movement, yeah. exercise, yeah, right, that yeah. leads to all those factors, yeah. So you know, don't try to overcomplicate the situation. the The hard part is, and and you you're not even at fault for this, is that our environment has become so saturated with foods that are not good for you. And you have to know that food makers do not have your best interest in your mind in mind. And that's also why, and we've talked about it numerous times on this podcast, you have to become your own advocate. You have to search out the right information. And I know it's hard to decipher because there's so many different conflicting views out there. But at the end of the day, no matter who you are, if you're pro-carnivore, if you're pro-vegan, if you're pro-vegetarian, if you're uh, pro-paleo, you know, whatever it is, two things are consistent. You have to move your body, right? Mm Because we're meant to move, right?
1: Just three and a half hours a week.
0: And that's just to start, right? That's just to prevent heart disease, Mm -hmm. right? It's not talking about being an Olympic athlete. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the other part is, is eating a healthy diet, a non-processed, whole food, diet.
1: So I want to challenge our listeners this week. I want you to see if you can get in three and a half hours of exercise in one week, starting today, Wednesday, today's Wednesday, and check back on next Wednesday and see if you were able to get in three and a half hours of exercise. And then I also want to challenge you when you're going grocery shopping this weekend, try and shop the perimeter. Better yet, look up recipes for dinners that are one-ingredient recipes like produce, vegetables, fruits, grains, um, lean uh, proteins, and and try and eat one-ingredient meals or one ingredient uh, foods for one week and see how that works for you. So you're not going to shop. You're just going to shop the outside perimeter of the grocery store and see if you're really still missing something.
0: Minus your beans and minus your whole grains, <laughs> which are going to be in those middle aisles. Um, beans are like a, a superfood. Um and, and they're delicious, too, when you mix them into different recipes. So, yeah, I think those are a great, challenge, a great challenges for our listeners. Um, and if you already are doing it or you have something to add to the conversation, make sure you go on to uh, social media. You can find both of us on social media um, or even put it in the review uh, for the podcast. So hope you guys enjoy this episode, uh, and we will talk to you guys next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore or at traineatrepeat.co.
1: Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.